With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Before AI can help your business predict demand, accelerate growth, inform decisions, automate tasks, reveal insights, generate content, you have to trust it. Introducing Watson X Governance, helping you govern any AI as data, models, and policies change so you can scale it responsibly. Let's create AI that begins with trust with Watson X Governance. Learn more at ibm.com slash governance. IBM, let's create. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Welcome to Good Calls with Dean Blandino, a production of iHeartRadio. Who's all here? Let's jump right into it. Let's get started with, I think this will be the new way we start the show. What type of Joe are we getting today? What what this episode? Are we getting positive Joe, negative Joe, somewhere in the middle? What what's happening? I'm feeling okay. I'm long weekend. I'm a little tired, but yeah. uh, I'm feeling I'm feeling feeling Grown, good, Dean. Growing, Thanks. Growing out the beard. Got a beard going on. It looks good. good. Trying to be like Dean. I like it. Yeah. You know. <laughs> which is which is very timely because you we didn't have like six months of quarantine where you could have grown a beard. Now we're we're getting ready to go back to work and you you grow a beard, but cool. True. This is true. No beard. No beard for six months. Now's the time. Now's the time to do it. Hey, yeah. it's getting cold cold out. It's only ninety-two. Shut up. <laughs> Scott is Scott is very he's very climate oriented. <laughs> Because I'm in Santa Monica, Scott's east in Eagle Rock, and he's always very cognizant of the difference in, in temperature from Santa Monica to Eagle Rock. Uh, it pisses me off when I see it's 25 degrees cooler. Easily 20 degrees cooler in Santa Monica. Still, still warm though. It was warm over the weekend. You know, it was up, you know, 90, 91. But you guys don't know. Like I love. I know, Travis, you're not a native Californian, um, but still, Wyoming, I don't think, has the type of humidity that the East Coast has. Yeah, it's just dry. When you get, like, a New York, Manhattan summer in August, when it literally feels like you're walking into a sauna um, with 100% humidity and 95 degrees, it's brutal. I hear the smells are great, too. And you turn down certain corners... When it's trash day, and it's literally like baked trash, like baking in the sun, and you turn a corner and you get a whiff of that. It's just, it's a very, it's a very indigenous smell to New York City. It's, it's, I've never smelled it anywhere else. I've never smelled hot trash yeah. anywhere else in the world like that. And you turn that corner and you get that whiff, and it's like, wow. I, I, we got a bottle that smell up. 
the subways. I can't imagine having to just do that for platform, years. A subway platform on a on an August day, it's a sauna. Like you are you are sweating, and then if you get into a a subway car without AC, it's one of the it's one of the most uncomfortable. Like obviously, you know. You sure are making me miss New York. Well, yeah, some of those platforms are over 100 years old. So it's not like they had like built-in vent- great ventilation system no. here. So it's just disgusting. So when we have this amazing, um, you know, dry, temperate weather, I, I don't want to hear any complaints about it. Well, hey, you know what? It was like 116 degrees at my place and there was ash coming down because of the... Yep gender reveal fire so uh, sorry i wasn't having a great week labor day weekend well, somebody had to know if they had a boy or a girl what was the gender reveal talk to me about the gender reveal fire the first because of a gender reveal yeah some pyrotechnics they had up in mammoth i believe it was like yes yes so there's a fire now in san bernardino county like in the mountains because a gender and this is here's the crazy thing is this is not the first forest fire that was started because of some gender reveal explosion. There was one in Arizona. Yeah. Uh, there have been plane crashes because a guy was dumping stuff. And we need to ban jet. It's the dumbest thing in the world. It's it's so dumb. What? <laughs> now we're putting people and property and and everyone else at risk because we want to show the world or our closest friends whether we're having a boy or a girl. What happened to just like? Here's a uh, balloon that says "boy" <laughs> or whatever. How did you guys find or out even about the your ori- kids? Or even the original, just the cake with the inside has it's pink or blue. I mean, like, I didn't every- do anything. Well, you go and get you you go at whatever it is, eighteen weeks or whatever it is, and you find out what the what the sex is. And then when people ask, "Did you do you, you guys want to know?" Say, so, "Yeah, we found out. What is it? It's a boy. That's that was me." And then, it's just the, and then you maybe get the printout of the uh, um uh. Not that I forgot the well, word. And then when we got the uh, you know the the ultrasound and the ultrasound, yeah, blue penis and and you know that's <laughs> it. That's- um, yes, well, because people are dying. I mean, first of all, because of lots of problems, but like there was that Iowa one where they were trying to make like a an explosion where like a powder comes out, and they basically built a pipe bomb and it killed a lady. Mm. It's insane. Like, it's what are you doing? Everybody has and, to show now, what they like to do. Oh, I've got a basketball slam dunk. It. Exactly. Like if it was you, Dean, you'd have to throw like a flag and it would explode in the air in pink or blue I or whatever. Do it. I don't care. Oh, that's a smart idea, Joe. Like, did, Joe, how did you find out about yours? Did you do gender reveal with your two kids? I didn't. You my, found out Maury, Maury Povich. <laughs> <laughs> I found out actually my my daughter my first child we didn't find out until she popped out oh, wow. of the wife and then my son um my just traditional my wife found out and she had my daughter write on a shirt like it's a boy and then my daughter came in and showed it to me and I was like oh yeah and everybody cried and it was great yeah yeah and you know I am I I am often we're unfortunately the youth voice on this podcast but even I'm blaming social media People are trying to make a big event. They're trying to be cool. It's just like, who cares? Don't start a forest individuality. fire. And I, 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 like, I want to go back to 
like the friggin' 1700s, 1600s, when they didn't even name the kid until he, he or she was two years old because they weren't sure if it was going to survive. Yeah. Like, well, and, now we're doing, and now we're doing friggin', like, it's like we have to one-up each other on social media. Every remember, day. Remember the, and I think it was in Minnesota. It was a, a Minneapolis wedding. The wedding dance. The wedding dance. Remember the wedding dance? Yes, yes, and, yes, yes. And that became such a thing. And it was funny because... It was like they even this, made fun of it on The Office. I was going to say that was the Office parody. Yeah, The Office parody. Okay. But I remember when that video came out, and it wasn't the first time people had done that before, like at weddings. But it was the first time, like I remember, on social media, it going viral, and then it became like this thing. It was like people trying to one up, and it's like you know what? It, it's it's actually. You see it up, up like in all sorts of things because you'll see on social media even like how kids ask each other to prom yeah, how, or, 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 or how people propose. Yeah. I mean, there was, I, I, I mean, okay, this was before the podcast started, but Dean was getting on me for texting the group too many negative stories. But there was that story from a couple of years ago where the guy, like they were at like a resort where their hotel room was like underwater. Like the window is like at the water and he went to propose to her outside the window. Like he's diving and he's like, will you marry me? And he drowned doing that. It's awful. Did she say yes? Yes. Well, well, let me tell you something. He lucked out. (laughs) (laughs) You shouldn't do anything that puts your life at risk for a proposal for a prom for a gender reveal, yourself or others at risk. Did you see what David Blaine did this week? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I didn't. He uh he like flew up twenty five thousand feet by holding on to helium like balloons, dozens and dozens of balloons. Yeah. He yeah. basically did a balloon boy. That's that's actually pretty funny because I always like wanted I always wondered if that would be the case. Like, how many balloons? would it take to like sweep away a little kid also though i like how he's like ostensibly a magician but a lot of the things he does are just like wouldn't it be crazy if i did this yeah they become like he's become like a, a stuntman versus- yeah like i'm gonna stand on this pole for 72 hours remember that one he just stood yes. on a pole wasn't that in like central park or something the guy's nuts didn't brett Favre do something this week crazy too scott <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he sent me a lot of pictures. I did not approve of them. Well, there was some picture where he's like, I don't know. He's endorsed. I think it was like a CBD oil. Like he's. Brett Favre had done, because he does, he does the Wrangler. And he did the copper, like. The copper fit. Copper fit. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure there was one other. Obviously he's made, he's made like cameos in movies. Uh, yeah, if you Google Brett Favre CBD, he has bleach blonde hair. He I looks just like Eminem from 2001. Yeah, yeah, I just looked it up. It looks pretty bad. It looks like me, freshman year of college. <laughs> I was just going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're still but blonde, I mean, Travis, if you haven't noticed. You're going to pull him up. Brett Favre. Just, yeah, Google Brett Favre CBD, and you'll see that he's or got... Just put Brett Favre hair. <laughs> Well, the gunslinger's out doing his best. He's endorsing CBD. I guess he was addicted to like Vicodin or something. So oh, this yeah. Is, oh, that's, wow. that's a huge story. A huge story. Look at that hair. I mean, oh yeah, that hair's crazy. He looks like, 
you know, sometimes when like a, a UFC fighter will, will just for a fight just bleach their hair blonde. Mm-hmm. It's like I thought he looked good with the the, the salt and pepper. You know, you know, I, used I to, agree. I, used I like to have blonde hair back in the day. I was a blonde at one point. They really do have more fun. I was gonna say, did you have more fun? <laughs> All right, what's what's Joe has more fun than anybody though? What's going on in the world of NFL? What what what's happening? We are on the verge of actual NFL football. Professional football starts this week. There's a game in two days. It's crazy. Um, what you know? And here's the deal, right? So everything has been from a testing and screening standpoint everything's been extremely positive but i think the big test now is that now you have these traveling parties you know upwards of 100 people that are going to travel that are going to stay in hotels you know there are there are what's the word i'm looking for um distractions temptations (laughs) that um are on the road entanglements what's that entanglements yeah, you want to get even more. Um, yeah, like all the new fast food restaurants that, exactly. you know, you're from New York, you don't get to have in and out Exactly. If you go to Atlanta, you want to get the wings from, you know, from the strip club. But it's it, this is going to be, I think, the, the first big test. And, um, you know, we'll see how it goes. And I think I know we all talk about... Um, you know, can they get a full season in? Who knows? But I, I know every week that goes by without something major happening, I know I'll feel better. Um, but kind of what what's going to look different this year um, from an NFL perspective? Obviously, you're going to have either no fans or um, less than capacity in in every stadium. So that's going to be the first thing. You're going to have much limited. I think your sidelines. You're going to see an NFL sideline. You have in addition to your 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 players, your coaching staff, your medical, your trainers, um, there's photographers, there's other just other people that have credentials. That's going to be streamlined. Um, you're going to have limits to the number of people that you can have in your bench area. Um, so all of those things, uh, no cheerleaders, right? No mascots from a TV perspective. No sideline reporters. I know we we were on a call, and there's going to be for certain games. Um, there's there's an area behind the bench, but it is in the stands that is going to be um, set aside for sideline reporter and maybe some other some other working um, essential personnel. Uh, but the sideline reporter won't be able to go back and forth along the sideline and talk to you know talk to whoever. It's going to look and feel different. Piped in artificial noise, both from the NFL in the stadium and each each network. Um, the network's going to have noise that will just go over the the, the broadcast. So it's going to be, um, I think that's going to be interesting. And, uh, you know, then we'll have all the social distancing, right? Officials wearing masks, using electronic whistles. Um, I think you're going to see less crew conferences, uh, things like that, even to the point where the NFL officials, what they're telling NFL officials is if there is a type of an altercation, a scuffle, they don't want those officials, if it starts to escalate, to be as hands-on as normal and to actually physically, you know, get involved. So you may see officials not getting, you know, involved as much. And uh, and that would be, you know, who knows what that could lead to. So, so there's definitely going to be some differences this year. It's going to look different, feel different. Um, 
but I think the games themselves from a strategy and excitement and all that, obviously without the crowd, I think that's going to be different, but I don't think the game changes all that much, right? They're still going to be running and tackling and passing and doing all those good things. So still have Patriot film crews hiding in different parts of the stadium. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I think it's harder now for the Patriots to do that with less people around, but that's true. You know, and then Travis, I know you were, you were talking about the daily COVID testing protocol. So they, the league is going to test daily um, to start the season. Except on game days. Except on game days. So, um, What's the reasoning behind not game day? Great question. Let's just not know just in case. <laughs> yeah, I don't, you know, I, I think, look, the bottom line is testing on game day really, if if somebody... It doesn't, it doesn't, you don't, I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to justify this for the NFL and I can't, but you could, you could test on Saturday, right? And still, it'd still be in the incubation period and then it kicks right. up Sunday. So you could, I mean, you could have, it doesn't matter when you get tested, you could have COVID and it, and it not, doesn't show up. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if that has something to do with it. Um, well, that, the only other thing that's interesting is like you just said, the officials like, oh, maybe they're not going to get too involved necessarily. It's a little bit like once the game starts and you're all in the stadium, in in my opinion, it's like, who cares? It's like you've already been tested. It's weird to be like, uh, hey, like. I'm going to be on the field. People are getting tackled like normal. People are yelling with excitement after they make a play. But this one instance, we won't shake hands after the coin toss or something. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, we're already here. We're doing 99% of it. Who really cares? Yeah, because you're almost like you're in that bubble for that time being. And everybody's everybody's being screened and cleared to enter that bubble. Um, but, But you do, again the whole three to five day incubation period kind of messes with that because somebody- well, yeah, no, it does. It does. But you know, you're just, it's the full exposure. Somebody- it's like, uh, part, this is a terrible analogy that I just thought of, but it's like getting freaked out that the crack pipe you're about to use could be dirty. <laughs> That's actually a great analogy, Scott. It's like, it's- yeah. Are you the, the needle you're about to stick in your arm? you know, to, to, to inject that heroin <laughs> in your vein, you know, do you really care at that point whether, yeah. where that needle has been? What we're saying is the NFL is like smoking crack. Hepatitis C, your biggest issue. <laughs> yeah. And you're, and you're strung out, you know, you know, passed out on the side of the, on the side of the street. Like Santa Monica problems. Yeah, we'll, we'll make sure to pass that note to Joe Buck and see if he works that into the broadcast. Oh, yeah, please do. I'll make sure I mark this one explicit. By the way, this is our one year anniversary of the show, guys. So, is it real? Yeah. Wow. Congratulations. Episode 51. And we did miss, I think we missed one or two due to COVID, Um, of course. Wow. That's great, Joe. Thanks for that. Um, So, (laughs) we, we started on the ninth last year. So, today's the eighth. Yeah. Yeah, how about that? Well, thank you to iHeartRadio. We're still looking for more sponsors if you're out there. 
Yeah, we're in. Well, well, yeah, just just play that piece about the crack pipe in the heroin needles, and then oh, okay, that'll get some. We'll sponsor anyone. Love. <laughs> it doesn't matter. We'll, we'll, you, you, you mentioned the coin toss. There's only going to be one person from each team, and they have to wear a, a mask. Yeah, yeah. It'll be a very it'll be yeah same in college, and we'll talk about the, the college football. After Dean, did you see this note in that Kevin Seifert article from ESPN about if someone gets it, they'll be on a charter plane back home by themselves is that by themselves you know anything any other details on that well yeah they have they have the covid bro if a player gets it yeah um i i don't know about that i don't mm-hmm. know what the the you know because i know the issues with the officials are if an official test positive the officials are going to get tested um if they're if they're working the thursday night game they'll get tested at home monday and then and then when they get in on Wednesday, um, or they'll get tested. And then if they're working a Sunday game, they're all gonna get tested at home on Wednesday and then Saturday. And Monday game they'll work, they'll, they'll get tested Thursday and on Sunday. But they test positive at the game site, um, they're supposed to quarantine. So they're not supposed to get on a commercial flight. So either they drive back to wherever they are. That's why um, they're trying to keep those assignments more regional because mm. uh, they don't want obviously somebody getting a commercial flight that has tested positive for COVID. But I, don't yeah, know this- I, I mean, I, I'd be hard pressed to imagine one player getting a charter flight on his own back. I mean, that's a pretty expensive. Um, but maybe there are arrangements for that player. Yeah, the, the note the note in this article was uh, the league has con- has contracted with a charter airline to fly them home separately from the rest of the team, whether maybe it's a player or team. Or maybe it's like NetJets or something like that, um, where it's a you or know, a mega bus, <laughs> <laughs> the Madden bus, the Madden Cruiser. Oh yeah, they're bringing. <laughs> Uh, you know what's interesting. What is different, though, the, the roster sizes. Right, we just had the roster cuts. The um, teams went down from eighty to fifty-three. But what's different this year is going to be the practice squad. And and the practice squad is interesting because I'm not sure, um, you know, how much people understand about the practice squad because some of these rules are complicated. Prior to COVID, the league and the union, the players union, did agree to to increase the number of players on the practice squad. It had been 10. It was supposed to go to 12 in 2020 um, and then 14, I think, by, by 2022. But obviously with COVID and the concern for players testing positive, they, it's going to be a 16-player practice squad with six, a max of six of those players with no restrictions. Normally, the practice squad, you're talking about players with less than two, two or less accrued seasons. An accrued season is you're on the active roster for six or more games. Um, so most of your practice squad players are rookies with no accrued season or players with two or less. Um, but this year you're going to have six players that are no restrictions, so veteran players um, that are on the practice squad. You can a how much do you think a a practice squad player makes? Do you guys have any idea? Two hundred fifty thousand. That's a great guess. Weekly salary. Well, I think I cheated. I saw how much in an article. Of course you did. I'd say, um, I read 10 10 grand a week, (laughs) 10 grand a week. So the, the players, the players with, with two or less accrued seasons will make 8,400 a week. And then the players, the, the kind of the, the non-restricted, right. The veterans, they'll make 12 grand a week. 
Um, I kind of the yelled. Josh McCowns of the, yeah, the Josh McCowns. Um, now the thing with the practice squad is you're not you're not on the active roster, but you can move to the active roster. In the past, if you brought a player up to the active roster, you had to basically void his practice squad deal and give him one seventeenth of the minimum salary for a player of his years of service. So you have to basically give him an NFL salary for that week. Um, This year, what's different is you can move a player from the practice squad to the active roster and back to the practice squad without giving him that salary, but you can do it a max, I believe, of twice with the same player in one season. Um, So it gives you that flexibility. You can go from 53. um, You can bring one or two players up and then move them back down, but uh, at, a, at a max of twice um, for the same player. And the other thing is you can't, you can't sign a player from another team's practice squad if you don't bring them onto the active roster. So you can't just poach players from practice squads to move to your practice squad. Um, that's consistent so, with the past too, though, right? That's consistent with the past. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, so I think those are going to be, it's going to be interesting. And then you have, right. Then you have the one-offs like Josh McCown, who this guy, I mean, talk about a career. Like this guy was retired. What is yet last year and the Eagles brought him back. Um, but he's going to be basically a emergency quarterback on the practice squad and in a bubble for, and, and basically in quarantine and, um, you know, from home. And if, they do have an outbreak in the quarterback's room, then they can bring McCown in um, to, uh, you know, the active roster. But I think there are going to be some other teams that may keep an emergency quarterback on the practice squad in a quarantine type situation, but that's going to be, that's going to be uh, Josh McCown's deal. And, uh, and obviously, you know, he's a veteran. He's been around forever. He did and, uh, have five pass attempts last year. He did have five pass attempts last year, but look, Hey, look, I because right, because what 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 is the Eagles' depth chart? You have you have Carson Wentz, who's who's been injured, right? He he hasn't mm-hmm. been full. And then what? Jalen Hurts, and who's there? Who's there? Sudfeld won the backup job Sudfeld over Hurts. That just shows you what the the no offseason for rookies does. Like because that kid's supposed to be a stud, and, and he can't beat out another guy who's played in the league for a few years because no offseason. It has to be in my mind. Potentially, yeah. <laughs> Scott didn't really agree with you there. Whatever, Scott. Well, I mean, you see this stuff too, where like the Navy Navy got blown out last night against BYU, and, and they were saying like, well, they didn't get to any get to do any live tackling drills and stuff. And it's like, all right, like that's not why you guys lost let's, that bad. Let's take a break and we'll talk about that when we come back. And we'll talk about college as well. What if AI could help your business deliver mission-critical outcomes with speed? With IBM Consulting, your business can design, build, and scale trusted AI using Watson X and modernize the way you work to accelerate real impact. Let's create AI that transforms your business. Learn more at ibm.com consulting. IBM. Let's create. This Father's Day, shop at the Home Depot to find the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. 
because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. He's the weed-fighting, hedge-trimming, leaf-blowing lord of the lawn. He sees the job, and he gets it done. Because your dad is a doer. So show him you appreciate everything he does with the tools he needs to power up his landscaping game. This Father's Day, give him the convenience and gas-like power of innovative and durable Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything Dad does, everything he is, and everything he can be, find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. Paid by up-level rewards. Paid participation required. Actor portrayal. Attention all listeners. Are you ready to earn $750? Well, get ready because I'm about to introduce you to GetMy750.com, the ultimate way to earn. Here's the scoop. Instead of just streaming shows or playing games on your phone for nothing, you have the chance to earn additional cash. That's right. From trying out new subscriptions to playing your favorite mobile games, you can get extra cash in your pocket. Simply sign up at GetMy750.com and follow the instructions to start earning immediately. So, what are you waiting for? Turn your favorite apps into real cash with GetMy750.com. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to earn rewards for things you're already doing on your phone. Check out GetMy750.com today. That's right. Get started right now at GetMy750.com. Just go to GetMy750.com or Google Get My 750 Cash. Follow the simple instructions and get your $750. That's GetMy750.com. GetMy750.com. That was in the process of basically bashing one of our, one of their, um, branches of our armed service, um, the Naval Academy, about their lack of tackling and just basically football acumen um, the other night against uh, BYU. So, Scott, why don't you elaborate on that for for everyone? Well, just there was some, there was a little bit of a, a hubbub about them not being prepared and there was talk. I don't even know specifically where it was coming from, but just how like, Hey, these teams can't do live tackle drills uh, because of COVID or something, even though lots of teams now have instituted the practice of just no contact uh, practices uh, for the most part. Um, And it just, it, it was basically just BYU is bigger, like physically they're older than a lot of the Navy team, I think also. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just a, a big debacle. Navy got dominated. If you can't tackle and you can't have these hitting drills, like why are you even playing in the first place? Like, a lot of other schools have, have canceled the season. And no, no, no. But this is predating COVID just like of like, there's very little, if none, contact during like their walkthrough practices because it's like why risk injuring each other when look that's been the case for years now that that they the the practice practices have evolved in a way where there's no longer right no longer doing two of those some of these drills that you know the oklahoma drill and these other drills these are out in in this in this in this day and age with what we know about head injuries and, and everything else 
just the mechanics of it. You're, you're trying to um, basically preserve these, you know, these athletes for the games. And, and if you're going to beat the crap out of each other in practice, that's, that's going to lead to injuries and, and you're not going to be able to play games. And, uh, you know, to quote Allen Iverson, we're talking about practice, okay? We're talking about practice. And um, so I think even pre-COVID that has been, and I've heard that from coaches for for a long time now, that they don't have enough time with their players. They don't have enough padded practices, but that's the reality. And it isn't going to get, it isn't going to go back to the way it was. Um, and, and I think what we're going to see, and we're seeing it with college football and we're going to see it with the NFL, you know, it's going to be sloppy. It's going to be sloppy from a playing perspective. It's going to be, um, from an officiating perspective, uh, because you just you haven't had the the preseason, you haven't had that opportunity, especially for these younger players. Um, so there's going to be a transition, and it's week one is going to look week one is always somewhat sloppy, and it's going to be even more so this year. And I think from an officiating perspective, what what they're telling the officials is call the clear and obvious fouls, um, make it big, and well, I like that philosophy. I think you can go too far with that philosophy. And if you let too much go, um, then the game can kind of spin out of control. Uh, so again, this is, it's a year like, unlike any other. And we just have to, you know, roll with it and and see how it goes. But, um, you know, we've already, right? How many, Travis, what's the, run down the list of games that have been canceled because we already had her postponed because we've already had two of our games postponed. Friday night, we were supposed to have SMU-TCU. That was postponed. Saturday, supposed to have Louisiana Tech, Baylor. That was postponed. What what games, what games of note, other than the conferences that aren't playing, have been, uh, have been postponed? Well, you had NC State, Virginia Tech. You had Marshall, East Carolina, ULM at Troy. Um, our game, SMU, TCU, you no. said Tulsa, Oklahoma State. No, what's ULM? ULM. <laughs> Louisiana Monroe. Nice. Oh. Temple Navy. Come on, baby. Uh, the, one we, the one we found out before the show, our other game, Louisiana Tech at Baylor. And at Rice Marshall and UAB at Rice. At Rice. Um, so, yeah, that moves then Fox... 9 a.m. slot on the West Coast. You got Arkansas State versus K-State, baby. Let's get going. Then we've got a nice long break. When we come back at 7 Pacific. Make sure you're watching. It's 7 Pacific, Coastal Carolina and Canada. We might be the only game in town at that time. I don't know what else is playing. Are they having fans in the stands? Because if there's no fans in the stands, it's 9 p.m. in Kansas. You got to imagine there might be 17 people watching. You know what I'm looking for is maybe like a good lightning. Oh, yeah, yeah. A tornado. Don't even put that evil on it. Get a good 90-minute lightning. Oh, my God. (laughs) Why? We can throw throw six months of healthy and clean eating out the window in one night Mm. when we're getting Taco (laughs) Bell at 10 10 o'clock. We most definitely yeah, can. Yeah, I mean, that that's that's very optimistic of you to think that we've been clean eating the last six months. Dean and I have. For the most part, I have. I, I can't remember. Two like, pints a other week? Than, than what, 
I haven't, you know, I, I still, my peanut M&Ms and my half baked, but other than that, it's just cooking at home and um, eating pretty, pretty well, actually. But um, so what was this, the Big Ten, right? The Big Ten's kind of been all over the, the, the news. And uh, now Michigan parents are protesting. Is that what's happening, Travis? Can we free the Big Ten? Free the Big Ten is the message that's going on. They were uh, marching and protesting. Harbaugh says his guys can be ready to go in two weeks. Well, look, they, like we talked about <laughs> last week, is that the Big Ten, right? Didn't didn't the White House approve all of the of the protocols or measures? I read something about you know because we know we know Trump called Kevin Warren the commissioner of the Big Ten. But there was some approval. I wasn't sure if this was even a thing, but the White House approved all the protocols for the Big Ten to resume playing. Now, obviously, there's a political angle to that as well, because some of those states tend to be swing states and, and, and there is an election coming up. But um, there is. Yeah. We don't talk politics, though. No, we don't, <laughs> we don't talk politics. But uh, I do think the Big Ten will be I think it, it could be. We could we could be watching Big Ten football in November. Like it's it could happen, and uh, and then you and then you get the Pac-12 news, which which I think the the news came out about the right the point of contact testing um, with the with the Pac-12, and that they're going to be using that. I think a lot of that has to do with basketball as well, because remember we're starting to get into college basketball season. Like we we kind of. The NBA is playing right now, so it has all of our calendars all screwed up. But it's it's September. We're playing the Lakers are playing the Rockets tonight in the playoffs. And college basketball starts right in those those non conference tournaments starting like right October, late October, early November. It's it's crazy to think what October, November could look like in the sports landscape. Yeah, I mean that. Yeah, they I, and we know. The NCAA made a big deal about how much money they lost out by not having that the NCAA tournament. So I'm sure they're desperate to have a season go. No, we need. I'm not going 2021. I'm not have not having not 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 having an NCAA tournament. So I've I've spoken. We're having an NCAA tournament, and we're going to Vegas, and we are going big. And we are going big. This is the this is the Dean saying this. This is the kiss of death for the tournament now. Don't know. You're Scott, the kiss of death. You're the kiss of death. Okay, I didn't say I'm going. I didn't you're say I'm going. going. You you will come last minute. You don't do anything, and then you'll come last minute when right. everything goes to plan. Okay. All right, Dean, Dan, you'll book your last minute flight, so you don't have to worry about I'll, the cost. Scott, honestly, I'll fly you. I will take care of everything. Wow, the the eighty dollar flight to Vegas. Thank you. <laughs> last minute might be ninety. Uh, but Dean, I, for real. Uh, would you, your betting man? Would do you think the Big Ten will have a football season this year? Yes. Okay. There you go, people. Yeah. You heard it here first. I, I just think again, it is hopefully where the testing is going and where the trends now, um, and just the amount. I get it. Look, health and safety is is obviously the the priority, but the amount of money that we're talking about like the like these some of these programs i mean you're talking uh, it's it's astronomical and the cfp is planning on going through right and and, and they're going to have their playoff and everything else and you know i plan to be in miami in january for the game so like i said anybody wants wants in on that trip let me know 
Um, Hi. <laughs> I just think, look, college football, we're going we're gonna to deal with postponements every week. I think we're going to have, because you're talking about college campuses. You're talking about these kids. So every week, I think you're going to be dealing with postponements. And, you know, we're just, it's a fluid deal. Um, hopefully that's not the case with the NFL. And, um, you know, we get through a season. Um, that being said, I want to shift gears and I want to talk about a guy who's having, might be having the shittiest 2020 or one of the shittiest 2020s. Um, no, Novak Djokovic is not having a good, a good 2020. Like he, and I, I want to get you guys thoughts on this because obviously this is a rules thing. So he gets bounced from the U S open in, in what was that his, was that the second round? Third round, I think. Third round? He gets bounced in the third round of the U.S. Open as the world number one for hitting a ball in anger that struck a lineswoman um, in the, I guess, in the head or something like that. And that is clearly a violation of the rules. And he's out. When you watch it, it doesn't feel like the punishment fits the crime. But I'm interested in what your th- what you guys think. The video I saw of it, it it didn't look like it was it was malicious at all. But I mean, it was kind of a a, a wide angle of it, and he kind of like turned his head. He like and wasn't even looking. He kind of just hit it back behind him to get it to the. I I, I thought it was I thought it was too much, too much. He shouldn't have been disqualified. But should. Should they have? Should you have that discretion? Because this is the thing I've always struggled with. Is there's a rule, right? And and the rule says, okay, you can't hit the ball in anger or frustration at, at a, you know, at an official. Which is clearly to the letter of the law, it happened. But is is that one where we could say, okay, my bad, I'm sorry. You know, do I get them? Do I get forgiveness on that one? I mean, Scott, you're you're kind of more. I think you were like, look, that's the rule. You shouldn't have done it. Well, he's just he's kind of he has a you know. I'm not the biggest tennis fan, but I've been watching his career long enough. He's he's not the biggest head case on the tour by any stretch, but he's a bit of a crank. Well, you know, Australian, like Australian kid. What's his name? He's he's by far worse than Djokovic. Well, yeah, but he um he actually was like, I'm not going to play in the U.S. Open because he actually tweeted about it. And now suddenly I forgot his name, but he tweeted like, if I would have done this, oh. how long would I be? And it's like there are and, and this is just like any sport. Players get reputations or things. Djokovic is a bit of a crank. He's a bit of a like, you know, people will call it what they want. Some will just say it's like he's emotional. He's heated. I mean, obviously, he's talented. Uh, and I'm not, and I like having quote unquote bad guys in sports, but it's like, it, it's, it, it's like, yeah, he's number one and it sucks that like his, like this run he's on gets cut by this, but it's just like, he shouldn't have done it. And yeah, it was an older woman as a, but like it, whether it's an older woman or it's a, a, a ball, a, a ball kid or whatever, it's just like. He'll move on. He'll be fine. And he see he did seem genuinely apologetic in his statement. So I kind of feel bad, but it's just like, whatever. Like you, you kind of have a reputation for being like a yeah. bit of a hothead. But, but he, you could tell he, he was immediately 
like, oh no, like as soon as he hit it and it, it hit the lady, he was immediately remorseful. Like, you, well, it's, it's like he was remorseful in the way that like you're pissed off, you know, when you're pissed off at home and then you like knock over and spill something, you're like, God, uh, I'm angry. Yeah. Yeah. That happens. That happens all the time, Scott. That's exactly, that's exactly how I would have, I would have. It's not your crack pipe analogy, but it's, it's decent. Let me put it in a way that other people understand. The new Tony Hawk remake came out this weekend. And it's like you're on a really good combo. And then you try to sneak in one more trick. And then you mess it up. And then you just throw the controller because you're upset. Yes. Throwing the controller because you're upset. And then you immediately. But then you break the TV. Yes. You immediately realize, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Yes. You're too old to play video games, Scott. Think about, think about Djokovic. No, no, no. He, had the, he had the party in the middle of the COVID craziness, like the height of it, with you know no social distancing, no masks, and everybody came down with it. And, and then he, he's trying to unionize the tennis players, and, which has been like, and no one like Federer and all the other tennis players like, dude, what are you doing? But also, he just wanted to unionize the men. Yes. Yeah. So, it's, and... No, it hasn't been a good year. It hasn't been a good year. Um, you know who else didn't have? He didn't have a good. Did you guys see the Nationals GM Mike Rizzo got gets ejected from yes. his suite in an empty stadium? Yes. Like, think about that. Like now, in an empty stadium, you can hear the guy, and it was like middle deck, like not the upper deck, but you know the suites are typically between the lower bowl and the upper deck. And he's sitting there, no mask. There's no one around. And of course, Joe West is involved. Yeah, of course. It is. It's, of course. And Joe West made, did you read Joe West's quote about it? It's bad. Joe yeah. West said that he doesn't care if it was Donald Trump, he would have thrown him out of the game. And then he threw, and then he had, but I'd still vote for him. Yeah, come on, man. Like, Joe, when is Joe West going to retire? Like, when are you going to hang it up? Like, how much more? Of a cartoon, can he be? Baseball is literally like the worst sport when it comes to officials. Where I'm just like, just make the robo umps. No, I mean I know a lot of baseball umpires, and they're really good guys, and they <laughs> they, they are. They are. Well, I don't know them, so I don't care. But they're but that I'd say that working home plate is the hardest. I honestly think it's the hardest job in officiating in sports like working home plate because you don't have think about how many pitches are thrown in a game and you are i mean constant it's one after the other and you're talking about 200 plus pitches in a game um, so sure, it's, it's hard i i agree it's hard i think all officiating is hard but also what's the one sport where you know multiple officials by name because they have reputations for being. Yeah. Well, I think, of course, I think that's, there's no question. You don't, you don't get that in the NFL because other than the head referee and because the head referee makes the announcements. So you kind of get, you know, yes. the Hercules and Gene Steratore. But they, but they were never like negative connotations with them. No, they weren't negative connotations. I think, I think you end up with that in baseball and sometimes in basketball. You Sometimes that's and and one of the best human beings I've ever met, Joey Crawford, but he had a reputation. He, you know, I remember when he teed up Tim Duncan and for it was like smiling or whatever. Smiling. <laughs> 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 laughing for laughing. For laughing. 
Right, Tim Duncan is the most least confrontational NBA player. Right, he's universally the big fundamental. And and but but that was his reputation. Uh, but you know, an awesome guy. Otherwise, not saying he was a, and he was an excellent NBA referee, but he had that reputation for being, you know, kind of a short. Well, I'm not, yeah, I'm not saying I, I, I saw I saw him at a, a summer league one time and people were coming up to him. He was very nice. I'm not saying anything personally about them, but yeah. I do think that uh, some of the baseball umpiring like that's the baseball is also the weirdest one because people are obsessed with maintaining wrong calls because it's in the. It's in the, uh, it's, it's just part of the game. And it's like, come on. Well, no, and then, then you know, they did implement replay and, and, and they have, and baseball, uh, you know, I don't think it's, I don't think it's as conducive to replay as, as football is necessarily, but I think it's good when you have, like when you have Jim Joyce and, and, you know, Galarraga with the perfect game and, and Jim Joyce missing that call and immediately, yeah. after the game feeling awful, I think you need to you need to be able to correct those errors, and that's why they have they have replay. But um, going back to the NBA, though, there was a story. Travis, you sent that um, Tim Donahue. What, what was the comment he made? Was he on a? He was on the pardon my take. Did he mention something? Yeah, he said something along the lines of admitting that the NBA purposely assigns certain refs to manipulate the outcome of games. So. Here's my take on that. Okay. Because I, <laughs> I, I, I watched what he said, and I wouldn't trust anything that comes out of this guy's mouth, number one. Um, being in that position and assigning games, and like that, that's the last thing um, that you're thinking about. And this guy is, is a disgrace, was, was, got caught up in gambling and – a black eye like no other in terms of officiating. And now he's going to come out and, and he's talking about Dick Bavetta and, and, and it's, and it's even, it's almost like, it's like these, these comments, no one, his, his proof was that Dick Bavetta said, you know, I'm the NBA's guy. They put me on this game. And that could have been just boasting by Dick Bavetta, you know, like just because he got, he got assigned to this, you know, whatever this playoff game, but I wouldn't trust anything that comes out of that guy's mouth. And, Personally, I think he's a piece of shit, and I don't have a problem saying that. Let me ask you a question. Now, I've met Tim Donahue. He's a good guy. We hang out a lot. A great family man. No, I, I agree. He's a, he's, uh, why would you? He has zero credibility. Okay. Sorry, Joe, you were going to say something? Well, I was shifting gears. You could continue to beat up on the guy, but I agree. He, if, look, when you, when you cheat, you're immediately, you don't really get to say shit about shit, so. Yeah, and to try to stay relevant and write a book and do and try to take, you know, and look if if the whole system was corrupt, then come out and say the whole system was corrupt and prove it, right? Don't make these one-off comments and these things and and try to try to, you know, further your you know your agenda um, when you you know you got busted and you paid the price and move on. Like it's just. Like I said, that's like a black eye on the entire officiating community. And believe me, having been as intimately involved in it as I have been, um, that stuff doesn't happen. Like it just, there's no executive at the NBA that is saying, we need this game to this series to go to seven games. And we're going to put this referee on this game. Uh, Yeah. And I think basketball of all the sports too, 
when you look at like year over year, I feel like most of the time you can be like the best team at the end of the year won the title. You know, it, it, it's like, obviously there's, there's blown calls just like any other sport, but it's, you're I really, yeah, it, it's funny when you talk with some people, I remember just, in the long history of dumb sports conversations, you have people who literally believe it's like a James Bond villain where all the officials are meeting and then they're waiting for the call from the commissioner. And they're like, hey, we got to make this go to game seven. It's like, it doesn't happen. You think it's that coordinated? Like you're giving all of us too much credit. Like, like you're, you're literally trying to put the best people on the games and trying to make sure the games go as smoothly as possible. And there's no way that you're going to, to direct officials to, to call a game a certain way to further, you know, some perceived agenda of the league. Like it's, if that were the case, then yeah, we'd have the, the, the Lakers and the Celtics and the champion in the championship game every, you know, the championship every year. And, and, move on let me let me ask you this though to shift gears do you have an opinion on the nash hiring that was a pretty big that was a pretty big thing this week uh you know yeah you 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 always take a chance on a guy that has no coaching experience and that i don't care what he did as a player and steve nash obviously is is as accomplished a player as you're going to get and as well respected a player as you're going to get but he, he hasn't coached and now he's going to be the head coach of, um, you know, a team that is going to be expected to be with Durant back and Kyrie is expected to compete for a title. Um, I don't know. Like if he could, what, wasn't the case that he was a consultant with the Warriors for like four or five years though. So he did have a relationship with Durant. Well, what I'm talking about specifically is a lot of people were upset that, you know, some African-American coaches got passed up for him without any experience. Well, that's always been, look, you think about, right, the leagues that are, the NFL has had this issue where you look at their hiring practices and very few black people get those jobs, those head coaching jobs, right? What what is there in the NFL, right? There's, what, three black head coaches? Um, And... You look at the NBA, and yes, that is that has to be part of the conversation. Um, now, Steve Nash may come in and crush it and be an amazing coach, and but he doesn't have if just on paper he just doesn't have the resume, and you know yeah. from a coaching perspective he doesn't. And I'm sure there are there are a lot of black candidates that have a much better resume from a coaching perspective than Steve Nash. But guess what? I think it's I think it's it's more than just about the resume because if, if, if you're the casual fan and Steve Nash is the coach or Monty Williams is the coach, who, who draws the attention more, right? It's going to be Steve Nash. And well, it's not only that, but I mean, don't you think that, uh, uh, look, Steve, what if Steve Nash ends up being the best coach in the history of the NBA and, and whoever interviewed him just said, look, I saw this in him even though he didn't have experience. It's like when I make a fantasy football trade and some dude vetoes it and it's like, well, bro, I think this guy's going to have a good year and this guy's not. I understand on paper that this is how it looks, but who are you to tell me I can't trade this guy for that guy? Ultimately, it's it's just up for debate. No one... The NFL tried that, right? The NFL floated the idea of, of, of incentivizing teams to hire hire more minorities and, and it kind of didn't didn't 
it didn't go that way. If you if you own a club and you want to hire who you want to hire, um, that's your prerogative. But I think the bigger issue is that we keep recycling the same coaches, and the same coaches tend to be white coaches, yeah. and and black coaches are not getting the same opportunities. And we don't. How, how do you know if they're going to be any good if they don't get that chance? I I think I think the. Uh, I'm with you, Joe. Like, I, I mean, I think Steve Nash will probably be a pretty good coach. The reason they bring him into is because uh, I think if they bring in a quote unquote rookie, now this is not whether whatever coach it is, uh, like he's going to ha- gain the, he has respect from the veterans on that team. This is not a young club, but uh, like Dean was saying, it, it is a thing where it's like, in particular, the NBA, you need like the less um, like it's it's a continual issue where it's like teams should be trying to cultivate uh, like through the assistance and hiring at large, like black coaches, because it is a black led league. And that just means there aren't opportunities. And then when there aren't as many opportunities, it becomes harder for the the few coaches that do exist because then it becomes such a thing. Like that's why when I think the NBA will be the first league where a woman is a head coach. I mean, like uh, like uh, Becky Hammond, I believe is her name on the Spurs. But the problem is the longer you take to get more just within the coaching ranks and coaching trees, it there there's way more pressure on a single woman. So the first woman coach will almost be a referendum on all women. Even though, as we know, there's lots of bad coaches that get lots of opportunities seemingly continually for whatever reason, we don't know. And we see that in football. Like college football is a perfect example where you see the same coaches pop up 17 times with losing records everywhere. 100%. Yeah. All right, let's take a break. Let me come back. If your business needs a new application, then developers will have to write code, a lot of code. If an application needs to be modernized, then you'll need time, resources, and caffeine. If that sounds daunting, then you need Watson X Code Assistant, AI designed to multiply developer productivity so you can generate code quickly. Let's create a more modern foundation for business with Watson X Code Assistant. Learn more at ibm.com slash codeassistant. IBM, let's create. This Father's Day, shop at the Home Depot to find the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. He's the weed-fighting, hedge-trimming, leaf-blowing lord of the lawn. He sees the job, and he gets it done. Because your dad is a doer. So show him you appreciate everything he does with the tools he needs to power up his landscaping game. This Father's Day, give him the convenience and gas-like power of innovative and durable Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything Dad does, everything he is, and everything he can be, find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. 
Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. Paid by up-level rewards. Paid participation required. Actor portrayal. Attention all listeners. Are you ready to earn $750? Well, get ready because I'm about to introduce you to GetMy750.com, the ultimate way to earn. Here's the scoop. Instead of just streaming shows or playing games on your phone for nothing, you have the chance to earn additional cash. That's right. From trying out new subscriptions to playing your favorite mobile games, you can get extra cash in your pocket. Simply sign up at GetMy750.com and follow the instructions to start earning immediately. So, what are you waiting for? Turn your favorite apps into real cash with GetMy750.com. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to earn rewards for things you're already doing on your phone. Check out GetMy750.com today. That's right. Get started right now at GetMy750.com. Just go to GetMy750.com or Google Get My 750 Cash. Follow the simple instructions and get your $750. That's GetMy750.com. GetMy750.com. All right, we're back on Good Ball. Um, so I'll give you a little background. I did a cameo for a fantasy football league uh, to do their draft order. And I did it via Zoom, and we had a lot of fun with it. Good bunch of good guys, and um, and then one of the guys' name and one of the guys' team names in the league was more than a feeling. Um, so exactly. So I made fun of him, and I said, "Your that name is banned, and you have to come up with a new name." So and then I said I would name his team, and then we started like just texting. And now he asked me to be a part owner of the club. So had our draft tonight. And so I'm going to, I'm going to run down our, he did most of the drafting. I'm a minority owner. Um, I purchased like a 26% stake in the club. And uh, so quarterbacks, Josh Allen and Cam Newton, um, running backs, Josh Jacobs and Raheem Mossert, um, Zach Moss. and. even read that. Austin Scott. Um, receivers, Chris Godwin, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, Marvin Jones Jr., Justin Jefferson, um, tight end, Darren Waller, um, Flex, Michael Gallup, defense, Pittsburgh, and kicker, Zane Gonzalez. So that's the club. That might so, be the worst investment you've ever made. Just saying. That's, you know. Okay. No, I'm feeling confident about that. Team. I mean, we've been talking to these genius kids that do fantasy analysis, and that's what you came up with? I said, I just, I was a silent partner. He's a partial. Okay. Yeah, All he right. didn't do the draft. I, I don't have any personnel decisions. I don't have any, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just the guy behind the guy. Congratulations. You're part of the Redskins. I did name the team and the name of our team is the gauntlet. And every week we lay the gauntlet down. And if <laughs> we beat you, we get to rename your team for the week. And if they beat us, they get to name our team. Oh, that's fun. That's no, why I bring Dean, to the table. As a Dean, part owner, I bring those type of ideas. Dean, I will say that's actually pretty cool that you you did that as a C level celebrity. Those guys are probably stoked, and they probably think it's the coolest thing ever. So, bravo to you, my friend. But your team Thanks, sucks. Man. Um. So, speaking of Castle Point Analytics, yo, speaking of, they're they're. So give us give a little background on these guys. So there's these there are these kids that we know that that I met through uh, a friend of mine and 
they have this whole analytics company and they really try to, they try to find a little bit of a different angle than all the other companies that do fantasy, you know, analytics and sports gaming analytics. And they seem to be onto something. They're, they're eight for their last eight in UFC. And that's kind of how I started talking to them because I'm pretty decent at picking, picking fights. Uh, and they took, I can't really say exactly how they do it, but they've taken everything that I gave them and they really objectified it and, and created like algorithms that measure all sorts of stuff that you don't really think about. Um, and like I said, eight for eight for the last, last two UFCs, which is pretty damn impressive. And I think how what's interesting is they, they're, they're trying to give the sports gamer um, uh, and a leg up in that, you know, so if you have a fight, right, and Vegas has the odds set and you have a, a favorite and a right an underdog. Let's say like the, the Overeem fight. Over Overeem was let's say he was a I don't know, what was he, minus one twenty favorite? Something whatever like that. he was. Yeah. So what they're trying to do is they're gonna take they're gonna take these these this data and compile it and give this give the better um, a a real line like like Joe explained it better but they're trying to take right they're taking the Vegas line they're taking these other metrics and they're saying okay in a vacuum Alistair Overeem has a sixty seven percent chance of winning this fight and and so that's where and and they're they're going to provide this value you know so the value is X. And, and it's, they're eight for eight in their last two UFCs. Yeah, they're doing, they're, and they're super smart kids, really cool kids. We've had two meetings with them. And I think, uh, I think we're going to measure over the course of the season. Like we'll do some sort of a contest where I pick against them or we'll do something on the, on the That's podcast. So for next week, we'll talk to them and we'll say, okay, let's pick, we'll pick three NFL games. And Joe, we'll get Joe's picks and we'll get the Castle Point picks. And we'll see, you know, who who stacks up better. I want a couple of UFC fights in there too, though, because I'm a lot better at that. All right. That's but, fine. I mean, eight for eight's good. They're they're smart kids, man. They're cool kids. So I was I, you really should have called them for your draft. They probably could have helped you tremendously. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna have them listen to this and analyze your team and guys just don't don't be nice to him. Just be wrong. Let him know the truth. He's a breakdown of our team. You got Josh Allen. He's from Wyoming. Good Josh Allen. Wyoming. He is. Cam Cam might end up. They're talking about Cam as a potential MP with the Patriots. Oh jeez. What what what's our what's our life rule? We we were debating this prior to the podcast. Scott, you want to introduce it? Well, I just threw this out here because we couldn't come up with one. You know, it's... Well, is it ever okay to date a friend's ex? Uh, is is it ever cool? What's the time? Like, is it a, is it a time plus distance plus seriousness? Who I think, knows? I think there's an equation without question. Without a doubt. There, there's definitely an equation. I don't think... I... I it's it's not a it's not a, a a non-starter. Like I think there are situations where it's okay. I think for me, I I I think I think a couple of factors that I would consider: how close is this friend? Mm-hmm. Right, that has to be one. Um, is this an acquaintance? Is this a friend? You know, um, 
certainly time, you know, and I would say, and I would say it's, it's much easier to swallow if you're not, if it's not back to back, but like if there's somebody wedged in between <laughs> your friend and your time with this person, yeah, um, I think that's so time certainly. And if you throw in a relationship in between the two, I think that's good. Um, I think, I, I think proximity, I think proximity, how often are you all going to hang out? Yeah. Obviously, if they're still friends as well, like if it ended poorly. If it, yeah, how it ended. And, and, and then I think it's, it's, you know, I think you do have to, I think there is a permission slip involved. I, th- I think there's a conversation that has to be yeah. had. I, I think, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I think time is the ultimate one because it's like, you don't want to make it seem like, wait, was, was this already going on? You know what I mean? Like behind the back or whatever. So that's why there has to be one in between. I think it just makes it easier. So why don't we, why don't we set some absolute parameters? Let's, let's do something for the people. Okay. So if, if you guys are best friends, I'd say no. I'd say if you guys are attached at the hip, I'd say no, it's too close to home. So no Eskimo brothering. No. I think, and and then I'm going to go and say, if it's over, say two years, then I think that should be a a hard no. Oh, that the original relationship is over two years? Oh, you're saying the length of the the original relationship. I wasn't even thinking of that. Yeah, the length of the original relationship, because that really length kind of equals seriousness, right? Yeah. And like what, like, especially... They, oh, we were married and have kids. It's like you, you can't get involved. In well, I think then then you add okay if unless your friend is dying, an, if there was an engagement, right? Does that take it off the table completely? Absolutely, is that, yeah. I think so too. So, so, unless unless your friend is dying, <laughs> <laughs> unless he asks you, I want you to raise my kids. Well, I think I, I, yeah, I, I think that there could all of these rules can be overturned if you get permission from the first person that was dating them. Permission, I think the hall pass overrides anything else. I think if, and also you're, I think it's the seriousness of the relationship or the friendship also, because it's like, oh yeah, we, uh, we're coworkers. We see each other like once, you know. What if, what if your friend is in another relationship and he or she is the one? Like they've met their person, they're completely over the other person, and they are head over heels in love with this other, this new person. What about that? Well, that's then you just kind of be like, hey, I just want to let you know this is this is cool. It seems like you're. That's like just asking permission. Like uh, I don't want it to be weird. Make it like if like if if I knew Joe was head over heels with this with this new girl. And he's in love and I'm going to marry her and all this stuff. That would make me feel less, like, less, less tentative about asking him about his old girl. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, but I do think that the permission should be granted. Even if I'm totally in love with this new girl, you should come up and say, listen, you're really into whoever. I kind of want to date whomever. What are your thoughts? Yeah, man, go ahead. <laughs> then you're in. When it like the NFL, they won't like if I want if I if I want to <laughs> hire the GM of the Jaguars to be my GM, I can't do that. It has to be like an upward move. 
when is per, when is it legal to deny permission? I think I think you can all like I think you can always just do it. It's just like a personal thing of like, will this make the relationship? Where it's just like being friends with a couple, and then they let's say they get divorced or or like they just break up, they weren't married, and you're friends with both of them. It's like, do you stop? being friends with both of them and pick one. Sometimes you do. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes it was sort of an amicable split and you can still be friends with both of them. But sometimes it's just a little weird. But I'm just, yeah, but when, like, if Joe asked me, hey, can I date your ex? When can I tell him no? Whenever you you feel uncomfortable with it. You can always say no, but he can also just be like, I don't care. (laughs) Well, yeah, but at that point, it's like, look, we're not friends anymore. Yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna date someone's ex, very uncomfortable with this entire conversation. Okay. No, I'm not uncomfortable with it. I just I lost <laughs> audio for a little while, so I couldn't even hear. So I don't even know if you guys said this. Like, I feel like if you're gonna try dating your buddy's ex girlfriend, you're probably not gonna be friends with that dude anymore. Like, that's probably what's gonna happen because it's, just, it's not gonna work. You know, your buddy's gonna be jealous. She's not gonna want you to hang out with him because of things that went on with them. And you know, Travis, end. I disagree with you. There's a level of maturity. That you could probably make that work. Now, if you asked to date my ex, I would I would tell you no to save you. Travis, you grew up in Wyoming. You all dated each other. How are you? How are you on this side of the fence? I, I don't know. I, I didn't date a lot when I was in Wyoming. I was, uh, you know, I was I was busy with other things. Maybe um, I don't know. I just it, it was kind of like you, you don't date your buddies. Like uh, that was always the rule. You just don't date your buddies. I mean, yeah, that's a good rule in general. It just avoids conflict. But in the rare occasion where it can come up, I think it can totally work. I've known it to happen and people all stay friendly because the relationship dissolved, not because some crazy blow up. It was just like, Hey, this isn't working out, but it does make it awkward. I think the element of time is the most important. If you go on two dates with some chick you yes. met on the internet, time, and I meet her on the internet, time it's and not distance. a big deal. Yeah. What, what I do want to state before we do a Brandon Blandino, this is back-to-back episodes without any ambulances, sirens in the background. Is things getting cleaned up out there in Santa Monica, Dean? I muted one of them. Ah. It must have been ah. when Scott was talking. <laughs> All right, here we go. Brandon Blandino. How hard is it to catch a wild goose? How, is it? How exactly? When when did I'm I'm fascinated by like phrases? Like I'm so fascinated. I want to know the background on all you know, like the grass is greener. And so what you know, what did you're gonna go on a wild goose chase? Like where did that start? <laughs> like how hard is it to catch a wild goose? And why was it a wild goose? Like who was out trying to catch a wild goose and they were like, whew can't catch that thing and then it became it hard and then it became a thing like i feel like there's there's way more animals that are harder to catch than a wild goose i does, I, I do think those i think those birds are kind of hard to catch they i'm sure they are but i'd rather try to catch a wild goose i think i can catch one more than like catching a cheetah like i <laughs> yes. well, you're never going to be able to catch a cheetah first of all i'm never going to be able to catch a cheetah so why isn't the saying what are you sending me to catch a cheetah? Like, what? Why is it? It just doesn't sound wild? as good as a wild goose chase. Ah, yeah. she's got me on a wild cheetah chase. I'm never gonna find this mayonnaise she loves. <laughs> right? Eh, it doesn't work. Wild goose sounds cooler. 
what I what I am going to do. I will find that information out for you. But what I am going to do, as an ode to my gratitude for our our one year anniversary, I'm going to find a wild goose chase for us to go on, and we're going to I'm see in. how hard it is. I'm in. I want to go on a wild goose chase. Well, I mean, in Rocky, <laughs> he chases the chicken. That's a chicken. Right? Yeah, that wasn't a wild chicken though. That looked like a cage chicken. That looked like a domestic. But a chicken and a goose are different. It's a wild. We're going to go on a wild goose chase. All four of us. Like I'm assuming that it was like they were goose hunting, and you know, then they got the dogs and the goose calls and all that. But I just—I mean, they can fly, by the way, so it's very difficult to catch. Them, I imagine. <laughs> all right. So what do we learn? We learned don't date your your friend's ex, and we're going to find and, out how hard a wild goose chase actually and is. A goose chase can't be that hard. Can't be that hard. All right. This has been good. Please follow me on Twitter at Dean Blendino and Instagram at Dean.Blendino. Follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Blues. And be sure to rate our podcast on the iHeartRadio app and on Apple Podcasts. Good Calls with Dean Blandino is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And. Hmm. Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer.